Hello, you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And I do, once again, want to thank our presenting sponsor, Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. And today, once again, we're going to fire up the DeLorean, get it up to 88 miles per hour, and do another time machine segment. In fact, quite appropriately, this time we're going back to 1985. In fact, July 3rd, 1985 was the release date for Back to the Future. So we're coming up on the 35-year anniversary of that great franchise. How about that? So I'll tell you all about the 84-85 Mizzou basketball campaign, as well as the 1985 football team as well. But first, we do have to begin with the breaking news today, and that's that Dalen Carnell, a four-star cornerback from Indianapolis, has given Missouri a verbal commitment. And you know what? Anytime any program gets an out-of-state four-star recruit, Well, that's certainly a good day, even for your Alabamas of the world, but that's a great day for Missouri, quite frankly. And I will, one of the first things that stood out about Mr. Carnell doing my homework on him at six foot one, 195 pounds, he sure seems to fit the mold for what Eli Drinkwitz and his staff looks for in corners. And that's definitely taller defensive backs, seems to be something that he's focusing on. And guys with just overall good athleticism, too. I would note that Carnell played a little bit of receiver in high school as well, as many defensive backs do, of course, but you know he had some decent highlights at that position as well. Also wasn't the worst thing in the world to beat out Purdue and West Virginia, two schools that Missouri fans have been quite familiar with in recent years, and I will say I was, I was kind of surprised. I was reading old Gabe DeArmond over at Power Mizzou, as I do every morning, and In his 10 thoughts column this morning, he had an interesting breakdown about how basically the last 20 or so guys that have signed as four stars outside of the state of Missouri, maybe it wasn't 20, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, whatever it was, it was a really low rate of success, quite honestly. Really only four of those guys ended up being significant contributors, and one of them was Terry Beckner Jr., and while obviously... East St. Louis, where Terry is from, is obviously out of state. It's certainly in the area that Missouri recruits hard, which is East St. Louis. Now, Indianapolis, that, that's a whole different animal to me. And to me, getting, getting Dalen Carnell just on paper alone, an impressive get. Again, anytime you get a four-star corner from an area that Missouri is not known for recruiting, that's a heck of a job by Eli and his staff. Now, as you all know, When Missouri gets a new verbal commitment for the football team or the basketball team, the first thing I like to do is head to the internet and see what these guys actually look like for myself. Check out their huddle highlights, whatever it might be. Well, I looked at Mr. Carnell's highlights, and I have to say, some things stood out to me. You know, it's it's funny. First of all, it stands out just how bad high school quarterbacks can be. <laughs> his first three interceptions that they showed from his junior season, his his three of the five interceptions he had during his junior campaign were just 
truly, truly horrendous decisions by the quarterback. I mean, he basically threw it to him. On the other hand, Carnell showed really good anticipation, was in the right spots, but it almost looked like he was the intended receiver at times. But I will say on that fourth pick, he makes a really impressive athletic play, jumps up in the air, high points it, brings the football down, and survives the ground, as the as the new saying goes. That was definitely an impressive play, for sure, but honestly, even more so than, at least on this film, it can be a little bit hard to gauge how good the receivers he are, he he's playing against are, how good the quarterbacks are, et cetera, et cetera. But he's definitely in the higher end of Indianapolis, Indiana talent, so of competition, I should say. So it's not as though he's playing the tiny schools, and it's not as though it's like Indiana basketball back in the day when there was essentially no divisions between the smaller and bigger schools. But I don't know. To, to me, maybe the thing that stood out about Dalen Carnell the most in his short huddle package was that he's a really physical tackler. He is not afraid to stick his nose in and drive that defender to the ground. He, at one point, he makes just an excellent form tackle, you know, wraps him up, not only wraps the guy up, but I mean pulverizes him too, where he's, the head snaps back, that kind of deal. I just really like really like that technique, good physicality. And, and frankly, that's one of my pet peeves is when guys do the opposite of what Carnell did there, which is, yeah, you pulverize the guy, you drive your body through him, but you forget to wrap up and tackle him. Well, again, Carnell did both, so that was just something I really enjoyed. And again, multiple times throughout his film, just a good, solid tackler. And after he made some interceptions, too, he showed some pretty good elusiveness on returns, too. Some some exciting returns in there as well. So, I don't know. Everything looks good. So far, so good for Dalen Carnell. And frankly, so far, so good on the recruiting trails for Eli Drinkwitz and company. And you know what? Speaking of so far, so good, well, so far I'm really enjoying the Built Bar experience. And why not? It's got everything you could possibly want in a protein bar, including 16 amazing flavors, 100% covered in chocolate, every single one. They're all soft and easy to chew. And most importantly, if you're a health-conscious person, well, it's the kind of treat that isn't going to completely throw off your diet. And again, my leader in the clubhouse, got to be the mint brownie. 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 net carbs. Frankly, I would just recommend that you get a variety pack, find out what you like best, and in order to do so, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your very first order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And coming up, I am going to fire up that DeLorean, maybe grab a box of Built Bars, take those things back with me to 1985, and then I will be a rich man. But also, we'll talk about the Tigers coming up. Well, if you listen to this show on the regular, or maybe this is your first time, and if so, welcome. How about you? Throw me a subscription on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you think I'm worthy, I would... Certainly appreciate it, but, you know, again, most of you probably think of the famous Royals-Cardinals Don Dinkinger World Series of 85, but there was a heck of a whole lot going on in the world of Missouri sports as well. In fact, just to set the table a little bit, after Missouri famously won four straight Big 8 championships 
in the early 1980s. Well, in 83-84, following that run, Missouri actually finished dead last in that season. So that brings us forward to 84-85, and unfortunately for the Tigers, well, there was a really, really great player arriving on campus that very season. None other than Derek Chivas, who would go on to be Missouri's all-time leading scorer. And also his buddy, Lynn Hardy, a solid point guard for the Tigers for several years. He would join the squad as well. And just as a personal note, Lynn Hardy was actually my very first coach at Norm Stewart camp in either the fourth or fifth grade whenever I was a chubby youngster. I'm trying to remember what year that was exactly, but definitely my first year, Lynn Hardy was my coach and a good guy at that, by the way. Definitely an interesting schedule when you go back and look at the time. It seems like Maybe not as many cupcakes were scheduled in this era as there are today. Missouri actually got off to a slow start, losing at Baylor and at Oregon State early. So Mizzou fans at the time might have been expecting another crummy season again after coming off an eighth place an eighth place finish in the Big Eight Conference. But you know what? They also lost bragging rights. They did beat Tennessee at home, but perhaps the season started to turn around a bit when they finished off the non-conference campaign in a little bit of a holiday tournament, if you will. They beat Arizona and then number seven, North Carolina, who had Brad Daughtery and Kenny the Jet Smith leading the way. Yes, kids, that's right. Brad Daughtery was actually not only a great college player with North Carolina, but he was an all-star caliber player for the Cleveland Cavaliers before becoming the NASCAR analyst that you see today. (laughs) <laughs> Hard to imagine why the six foot ten guy decided to go with basketball instead of car racing, right? But seriously, isn't it? It's pretty cool that Norm has two regular. Norm Stewart has two regular season victories over Dean Smith, right? That really doesn't quite fit the old Norm only cared about the Big Eight narrative, does it? That people like to use against him to explain away maybe some of the shortcomings his teams had in the NCAA tournament. But unfortunately, Missouri was not able to immediately ride the momentum of those two quality wins over the Arizona Wildcats and the North Carolina Tar Heels because, well, Mizzou would actually drop its first four of Big 8 play, including a two-point loss in Lawrence. But, indeed, this streaky squad would reel off five wins in a row, culminating with a seven-point victory in the Hearn Center against KU. Fortunately, number four Oklahoma would end that winning streak with a four-point win in Norman, and they would also lose to the Sooners in the second round of the Big 8 tournament. Mizzou would end its season with a one-point loss in Hearns, the first round of the NIT to St. Joseph's. Mizzou would ultimately finish 18-14, and 7-7 and in the Big 8, good for fourth in the conference. You know, obviously Missouri... Took quite a few lumps this season, but there were some really high moments in this season, too, that I think would pretend for good things later. At the very least, laid the groundwork for the success that was to come, because in 87, Derek Chivas and Lynn Hardy's junior seasons, well, that would result in another Big 8 championship for Norm and the Missouri Tigers. Really, if anything, when you look back at this with a bigger picture perspective, you can kind of see why coaches and programs started gravitating more toward 
the easier cupcake-style non-conference matchups, or at least more of them, as opposed to the big-time teams that Missouri tended to play in this era. You look at a squad that went 7-7, and fourth in the Big 8, 18 and 14 overall. Maybe you just steal another couple, three schedule wins there, quote unquote. And maybe Missouri gets into the the NCAA tournament. I can totally see the logic of that. But at the same time, as somebody who's a competitor, I really hate that mindset. It's frankly why we need a central authority. If not the NCAA, somebody should be setting these schedules for these teams. I'm a little tired of teams just cupcaking their way to the tournament to bowl games, and what have you. But that's just my little rant. But i tell you one thing I'm never going to get tired of, and that's rockauto.com. Hey, did you know that chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-yourselfers? Well, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. For instance, if, you're, if you want a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey, if you're looking for a Delphi fuel pump, for instance, that assembly, well, that's going to cost you about $353 at Advanced Auto, a big chain store. But it'll only be $216.79. Yes, that's really the price you'll pay right now at rockauto.com. That's a difference of nearly $140. Yeah, I'd say that that's worth taking some time to go to rockauto.com, check out the remarkably easy-to-use and navigable site. And when you go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, please write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they'll know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, while the 84-85 Missouri basketball team may not have had the most memorable season in that program's history? Well, the 85 football team may have been quite memorable for all of the wrong reasons. Because quite frankly, at 1-10, in 10, yes, that was their record. One win and 10 losses. You can make a pretty easy case on paper that this is the worst team in Mizzou football history. And just for some context, Warren Powers had just been fired coming off a 3-7-1 1984 season And Woody Woodenhofer was just hired to be the new Mizzou football coach. And this was his maiden voyage in 85. And just some more on Warren Powers. You know, from 78 to 83, Powers never had a losing season. And there's even a couple of top 25 finishes in there. So there's certainly the argument to be made that Missouri pulled the trigger too quickly on firing Warren Powers. And honestly, when it comes to this being the worst team, this 85 squad being the worst team in Mizzou football history, well, I don't think I agree with that. Now, obviously, this is a bad football team. Don't get me wrong, but probably not as bad as that record would have you believe. Now, opening up the season, their first game of the Warren Powers era in Columbia, opening with a four-point loss to a 3-8 Northwestern team at Faroe Field, Well, I was only two years old then, but I'm quite certain that that made the Missouri natives quite restless almost immediately. A pretty tough start for the Woody Woodenhofer era. But honestly, there was a series of close losses to good good teams during this season, starting with that second game, a four-point loss 
at Texas in Austin. And that's a good Texas team, too. They ended up 8-4 and four on the season. So it's not as though that was a rebuilding Longhorn squad or anything. The Tigers also lost by 7 to the Cal Bears, by 8 to number 7 Nebraska, by 3 to Kansas State, and by 2 to number 10 Oklahoma State. So a combined 20 points there in four games. Maybe some things break right for Mizzou, a few things here and there. You know, maybe this isn't the worst season in Mizzou football history. But, you know, to be fair, they also lost at Kansas by 14, the final game of the season, and Oklahoma. Obviously, the Sooners were steamrolling, as they usually were, 51-6. to Now, again, as to whether 85 is the worst Mizzou team ever, actually, I've got to go with Uncle Al's first season. Yes, Al Onofrio, his first season – 1971 honestly on paper that had to be a worse season because they were also one in 10 and didn't have nearly as many close losses as that 1985 squad I mean really when you go back and look at it it's hard to believe that Mizzou was that bad just two years removed from an orange bowl appearance and a big eight championship in fact Missouri's last conference championship in football in that 1969 season and just to touch on Uncle Al a little bit, after that 1971 season, Onofrio had some good years, but his next losing season at Mizzou, 1977, would be his last. And frankly, I've always been under the impression, based on a lot of, well, what I've heard from older Missouri fans who were around at the time, including my father, I've always thought that maybe we pulled the trigger a little bit too fast on Al Onofrio. And frankly, I think that's that's still the case. And But honestly, as I go back and look at it, it might even be more true with Warren Powers. That guy really recruited some of the great players in Mizzou football history, including Kellen Winslow and Phil Bradley. So, you know, boy, just one bad 1984 there, and Missouri got impatient, didn't they? So, I don't know. Obviously, Missouri didn't ever reach the heights that it – did in maybe the 1960s under Divine. But I think that was maybe an unrealistic standard. Maybe Missouri needed to realize who it was a little more in retrospect and just stay the course with Warren Powers. Though, frankly, maybe there's something with Warren there that I don't know, some off-the-field stuff. Maybe he was just – I don't know. I'm just grasping at straws here at the end, just wondering why that might have happened, what maybe could have – gone a little bit better a little bit differently for the Tigers to avoid the absolutely horrendous mid to late 80s early 90s period that frankly I had to live through so that's what it's really about as always it's about me and with that said you should do me a favor and listen to Blake Lavelle over at Locked On SEC good dude good host good podcast so with all that being said thanks for joining me I'm John Miller and this has been Locked on Mizzou.